Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. My voice hey everybody! Is hey, welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast <laughs> with Joel and Steve. Hello, hello. hello. How are you today, man? I'm a little groggy, man, and I'm tired of boxes. I'm tired of, I'm, you know, every my entire life is getting put into boxes, and I'm in limbo, and I don't like it very much. Mm. Other than that, I'm fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I gotta you gotta read that book by uh. Youngy Mincher Rinpoche. I know I'm saying that wrong, but it's uh Mother Hubbard. What's the name of that damn book? How to be more Zen about moving. No, it's all about <laughs> it's all about Bardos. It's all about the Tibetan sort of concept of the Bardos, which is like the, the Bardo is the transition between life and death. And if you're present for that <clears throat> transition, you can achieve a light enlightenment. But it's it's also about just being aware of all of those transit transitory moments like Mm. when you from sitting to standing from night to day from awake to sleep like all of those transitions are really ripe for a lot of peace and serenity so Mm. you're in that i I am in that yes i don't know if you're feeling that but Uh, well i'm definitely feeling feeling the transition mostly what i'm feeling is the body aches (laughs) just yeah just the physical labor. labor yeah yeah there's a lot of that and i'm just like we've been in this process now for what two months i think yeah probably pretty close to it and like i'm i'm you know it's like can we let's do this can we can this be done now can we just you know like it's fine but i really just want it to be done so but that's that's gonna happen and it'll be fine and and then you can unpack right and then we can start <laughs> that whole process and putting together the stuff and you know <laughs> build rebuilding the house that we took apart Dude, I feel for you though, because like, that's yeah, fucking moving is one of the most stressful things any of us can Ugh. do. This it's is not, stressful. It's not great. No, fortunately, like you know, the girls are handling it okay, and I don't know. It's things are coming together. It's fine. Yeah, man. So yeah. I mean, I'm I, I could be, I could have like much worse problems. Like this is not a problem. This is just no. a. This is a decision that we made. <laughs> that turns out it's like a, it's like a ton of work. You know. Yeah. Yeah that's great i that is super uh intuitive because like or i don't know it's like uh i want to make this a problem but this is a choice i made right exactly like we (laughs) we, you you brought that shit upon yourself yeah 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 (laughs) exactly i i am i am really good at that man Mm -hmm. making the 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 blessings the blessings uh a problem I can make a blessing a problem like that. That's my uh-huh. that's my that's my superpower. <laughs> my fucking the, superpower. The girls have been watching this anime called My Hero Academia. Yeah, you've you mentioned it with uh, Anne and Yako. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, well, I've I started. I watched the first three last night, and it's great. But like the premise of it is like eighty percent of the population has like superpowers. Mm-hmm. And most of them are used for good and some of them aren't, you know, and then like 20% of the population doesn't have any of that. But in in the translation, the superpowers are called quirks, like their thing, their, their trick, their superpowers. It's a quirk. Yeah. Nice. And so Joel's quirk 
This is a total <laughs> blessing and no problem. <laughs> I love that that's, oh, he's quirky. Oh, he's got some quirks. It's like, no, it's my superpower. Yes. Superpower. And my special superpower <laughs> is that I can take any good thing that comes my way, <laughs> resist it, and turn it into a problem <laughs> that I stress out over. What can you do? Oh, I can levitate. Cool. Cool. I can turn water into lava or whatever. We, we used to, I was in that, oh, in college, was in an improv troupe called called the huge embarrassing failures shout out to the huge embarrassing failures but we played this game where like it was just sort of like a get get ramped up game and we do it in shows or in rehearsal but it's like uh world's worst and and the the the, the, always the best were the world's worst superpowers because i think somebody was like what and and i think we all cracked up it's like the ability to go back in time but only seven minutes You know, like that'd be really handy though. In time, at times, at times, yeah, at very specific times. It's like the undo send button on Gmail. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. That's saved my bacon once or twice, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hey, everybody! If you're still here, uh, find us on Instagram at uh, Trying to Be Better Podcast. Yep. Email, email at ttbbpodcast at gmail.com. I don't think we've gotten any emails recently. No, we haven't. That's we have fine. not. We've gotten no emails, but that is not true. We, have, we have, may not have received emails, but I have been talking with uh, Tom from the Always Chilling podcast, and we're going to talk uh-huh. to them next Sunday. Dude, I'm stoked for that. I'm so excited to talk to those guys. I feel like we, <laughs> there's a lot we could talk about. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it'd just be fun to, you know, have some, they're the, they're the other Lincoln. Well, I'm sure there's a few other podcasts Lincoln, but they're, they've got some followers, some traction mm-hmm. and, you know, it'd be cool to just be welcomed into their sphere. You yeah, know? totally. And vice versa. And I have like no expectations. Like yeah. I need to listen what, to a few more uh, of their podcasts. Yeah, I did too. I didn't, I didn't finish the most recent one, although I did see uh, D has pugs. Oh, yes, I believe two black pug dogs. So there's the podcast right there. Sorry, Joel. Yeah, I'll just uh, <laughs> quietly sip my coffee. Right. You guys right. can talk about your I'm pugs. Talking. Yeah, I gave mine a bath this morning. She's looking all fluffy. I feel like a dog is eminent in the Ager household. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking. Well, OK, so in one of my classes, I, I had a virtual swear jar. Oh, uh huh. And so any, well, and the students took a lot of license with this. It was like anything that Joel says that is remotely inappropriate. They wanted to put a dollar in the hat. Right. Sure. And even when I was talking about like actual, you know, pieces of theater, they were like, well, that's inappropriate. I'm like, well, that's the class, whatever. It was fun. I said, at the end of the semester, I will give whatever money that is tallied, I will give it to a charity. And they picked they said, well, you're probably, you know, Capital Humane Society. So I'm going to give a chunk of change to Capital Humane. I'm like, might as well just adopt a damn dog. So I've been looking. Sure. Anything interesting? Uh, everything but pugs. <laughs> you don't know, man. You're like my, like my father-in-law who said, quote, why would you get, <laughs> why, like, why would you get part of a dog? <laughs> That's fair. I'm sure I'm the, your pugs have been sweet and amazing. Oh, they're great. Yeah. I think they're a little too shed tastic. Oh my God. Yeah. Sunny clogged our shower drain this morning. I was giving her a bath. Oh boy. Yeah. Just so much. Hair. It's like 
what the i think that's the benefit one of the benefits of the black pug is that they only have one coat of hair the fawn ones like sunny have two coats of hair right and so it's like there's i'm like where does all of this hair it's coming from you it's coming from look right there oh that little <laughs> potato of i know pug loaf yeah i yeah we just have allergies man so oh sure but. have you seen the mitchells versus the machines have you watched that I, yet? No, no, no. I've seen the, I saw a trailer. For oh it. my God, dude. It's so funny. It's such a good movie. It's I great. Need to see. I, I need it's, to see. it's, it's a, just grab some popcorn and watch Mitchell's okay. versus the machine. It's, okay. it's so fun. Okay. Yep. But it stars a pug. So, oh, mm-hmm. okay. The pug kind of saves the day inadvertently. There's like a whole pug. There's like a pug community. People like get nerdy uh, about their pugs. Yeah. We used to go to the pug meetups before we had kids. Oh my god! Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> pug club, literally. We drive up to Omaha, and there'd just be like forty pugs running around, slobbering and trying to, you know, mate with each other. <laughs> it was sounds fun. like a blast. It was great, actually. It's a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of speaking of um, specific fandoms, although this is like universal, <laughs> I guess it's maybe universal. Nice segue, but like. We t- this got brought up last week. Was it last week? I don't know. I don't know either. It all rolls into one. But <laughs> we were, uh, I think it was off. I think when, when we stopped recording, we started. Yeah, really, yeah we started talking about Get the Back. Be- Get Back, the Beatles documentary on mm-hmm. Disney Plus, directed and sort of curated by Peter Jackson. Yes. And I remember seeing a trailer for this a year ago mm-hmm. and he just like put this little like three minute video like, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And I'm sifting through, you know, 80 billion hours of footage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, but you and I started really you were. I was already were, in it, I think. Halfway you were already probably. in it. I hadn't watched a single episode, I don't think. Yep. And I I flew through it in like two or two days. And um we just got to chatting about it and I was like, I watched it and I was, I, I, I that was a whole freaking journey, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Beatles, I think you and I are sort of in the same vein as the Beatles sort of occupied a huge amount of our musical tastes early on in our lives. And I would we, say that's accurate. So like what, what, before we get into the documentary, because that's sort of the, that's sort of the end of their existence really yeah, you watch basically. the end of the beatles really yeah right yeah but like what was the beatles for you growing up because i've got um, specific memories from me well my first when i was a kid my dad had his office you know they do us working or whatever at home and and he had these two reel-to-reel tape decks that he brought back from vietnam mm. And, you know, nice, very nice uh, amplifier and receiver and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. but he had all these reels, real tapes, because I think at the medevac unit that he worked at there, they spent a lot of time dubbing tapes. Yeah. And right. albums and that sort of thing. And yeah. uh, which is, I think, very different than some folks Vietnam experience. But, you know, <laughs> that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and just friends that like after that, I mean, it was like he they dubbed tapes, you know, they yeah. string reel to reel decks together and do that and so one of the things that he would play is this tape that had the first you know four beatles albums on it yeah and uh um and i i guess i should also say that you know 
I, I'm not sure how that happened. Maybe because it's just popular and that's that what people had, I think maybe, you know, yeah, right. it was really my dad liked to listen to like the sons of the pioneers. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, like the Kingston trio, maybe, right. and, you know, right. that, you know, right. there wasn't a lot of, um, how do I want to say this? Um, uh, Rock and roll. Yeah, there was some like he had some CCR, no Rolling Stones oh, okay. that I can remember, but he did like CCR. Okay. Um, but I mean, if it was at all, I guess that the word I'm looking for is countercultural. Sure, sure. Then that wasn't, you know, but he did have the Beatles. Yeah. And I think that probably stemmed for so, like, the song that I distinctly remember, I distinctly remember hearing, um, saw her standing there. Oh, yeah. Coming out of the speakers and watching yeah. the real, real spin and you know i'm just sitting there watching the wheels turn round and round yeah um that, that's what i think about when i hear that song actually um it's those real mm -hmm. real tapes but um like i remember distinctly loving that sound yeah yeah just the the bass and the just the 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 groove and just you know i was like six right but i can still remember that feeling mm -hmm. that kind of like whatever that is like, I love that sound. And so yeah. that's where I didn't know anything about John Lennon or Paul McCartney. I didn't right. nothing, zero, right. you know, yep. but I knew that I loved that sound, whatever that yeah. was. Yeah. And that was kind of my introduction to rock and roll. That was my, mm -hmm. you know, and oh, that's the Beatles. Okay. And I, <laughs> I remember, and I don't remember when this conversation happened. I was little still, but my dad saying something to the effect of, well, the Beatles were this very popular musical group that had uh, very something to the effect of like very, they were very imaginative. Mm, nice. They were Which, creative. They, they were, were very creative. creative and they were very imaginative. And, you know, later I found out what that meant is they took acid. <laughs> yeah, they took drugs. <laughs> they took a lot of drugs. Um, but, you know. Yeah. To, you know, 10 points to the old man for trying, you know. Yeah, man. That was a great diplomatic way of saying it. Right. Yeah. And so that's, I think I always kind of filed that away. And yeah. And so, and I, I was talking to, I was driving the girls to dance or something. I was talking to one of them about like, cause I'm, you know, watching this documentary, we live in all this stuff. And like, you guys have, they have no way to grasp. And I mean, I was obviously born post Beatlemania, post Beatles breakup by a year, you know? Right. right. But like that, that wake was still very much there, you know? Sure. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And that the media landscape has changed so much in the last 50 years that there's yeah. there really, there will, there could never be another thing like, like Beatlemania. I mean, like Taylor Swift might kind of come closer, sure. but, but as far you know, as, as well, far as that... changing the landscape of culture. Right. She's an, like Taylor Swift would be like another, like a very popular, good pop artist in a genre that's always already been pretty clearly defined. Right there. I know. mean, there, I mean, early on and there we might get some blowback, but I remember having this, I remember having a conversation and I'll get to my Beatles yeah, yeah. story, but I remember having this conversation with this cat. I worked at at the coffee house. His name was trout. <laughs> I, trout. Trout. I doubt I doubt trout listens to this, but I love you trout. And I remember talking about like, he was very vehemently anti early Beatles. Mm. <clears throat> and I was like, what do you mean? It's great. And he's like, they were a boy band. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, cause I could put, 
I could put the Beatles into this genre of NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or New Kids on the Block. And he was like, that's what that was. But even now we have these popular boy groups or whatever, girl group, whatever, but they're not as singular, right? Like it's not going to like, it's not going to be a seismic shift like that was, right? You know? And right. Was, yeah, my Beatles sort of inception was this is weird. I remember, so my mom had records, right? My mom and my mm-hmm. dad had the Beatles records, but I remember I was trying to put my finger on when it was that I kind of like noticed that. And it was weirdly enough, Sesame street, Sesame street had this segment with these Beatles Muppets that were also like insect beetles. And they played, you know, a song and they had like the mop tops, the Beatles cuts. Sure. But I remember being interested in that. And then I remember my mom playing like, you know, meet the Beatles or whatever. Uh And uh, I would, I remember seeing some video or something of Paul McCartney and kind of how he shook his head from side to side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And I would do impressions of that before Uh I even really knew what that meant. I would do impressions early on for my mom and they all, and I got everybody loved it. Right. right? So it was performative for me. And, um, so that's when, uh, I kind of was interested. So I was young, but I like, what I remember is, you know, doing impressions of Paul McCartney. I remember the Beatles sort of Muppet, uh, or Sesame street thing. And I remember the cover of revolver Mm -hmm. being very far out to me as a kid, like looking Mm -hmm. at that record, being really interested in that. Mm -hmm. But when it was personalized for me, I think it was, it was okay. So, uh, in like junior high, my, I got my first CD player, my first like CD boom box. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got it for Christmas and they got the first CD they, that was purchased for me at the same time was the first Beatles anthology double disc. Oh, wow. So yeah, like, and so I got that double disc anthology and I remember like after that I was, I, I was fascinated that there was some sort of historical uh, that I could research. Right. My mom had a coffee table book that I have right now mm-hmm. that I thumbed through. And I wrote, I wrote papers about the Beatles and all that oh, wow. stuff. And I started listening to the later records. Like I had a profound experience with the white album, listening to Blackbird. I was like, Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Whatever I can do to learn how to play that song. You know, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, I've never learned to play Blackbird. Dude. That's like, <laughs> A rite I, of passage. Yeah, Come on. I, that's part of the reason why I haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I could do it. I just don't want to. Uh, I get it. I get uh-huh. it. I totally get it. So that was my, that was like, you know, they were, they were a part of my growing up and a part of my musical maturation, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, I was listening to all that rock and roll in the nineties and grunge and Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, but I was also going backwards in the Beatles and, you know, that was, they were always vinyl to me. Like they were records to me. Yes. So like my mom would put on the Beatles and we would clean the house or we would do laundry or we would right. dance or whatever. And so like putting on Beatles records, that's what I would do, you know? And I, my stepdad tried to get me into the stones and other stuff. And I kind of did, but it was like, I just went back to the white album. I went back mm-hmm. to magical mystery tour. I went back to rubber soul, you know, like that was always, uh, and so I had to sit with those albums. So that was my experience of like, you know, learning how to use a record player was the Beatles. Sure. You know, yeah, isn't that interesting? Like that you, you have to like learn how to do that. I remember being very like 
I remember like my brother knew how to do it and I couldn't do it. And not until you learn how to use this, can you do this, you right. know? Well, because you can damage the records. Totally. Kind of, you can damage the the mechanism, the player, yep. the stylus. Yep. So I remember like it, being actually, it, it requires a fair amount of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not skill, but like you, you have to, you can't just like throw it on. Right. It, it takes, it, you have Care. to be careful. You have to be yeah, careful. Yeah. Yep. Now, so I, I certainly like, had, I had my little kid 45 record player that I know I destroyed a million records with, yeah. you know, like, but yeah, yeah. we used to have, we used to get these like weird, really super thin floppy. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, we the, used to get, they get in the back of like magazines or something. Yeah. yeah I remember uh-huh. though I could, you, I could do those, uh-huh. but I couldn't do like, you know, the Beatles or the stones records or whoever. Right. But yeah, the Beatles, I would, that's how I learned how to use a record player. And once I did, I would put my, my mom's old headphones on and mm-hmm. listen to the entire white album. Well, that's I, how, that's how you should listen to that album. Absolutely. <laughs> and, it, and I remember, I, I remember it was like, I was having a very personal experience with something that was dead and gone. Right. You know, like that was kind of cool for me but that that's funny you keep going back to the white album because that's the one that i had the most personal relationship with it's the one i've listened to the most for sure yeah over the years um largely because i had it on vinyl when i was in high school mm-hmm. and uh i just listen to it all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i yep. think that's i think that's a good way i like there's something about just because that's the the time obviously you know um, people listen to the Beatles on on records, on LPs, on vinyl. Yep. yep. And I, I think that that that's a weirdly kind of quote the appropriate way to listen to them. I think so too. I mean, I, it's I don't have a ton of records. I have an I have a pretty decent record player, a nice little stereo, and I don't have a lot of records. But um, when I buy them, I'm usually looking for the Beatles records I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Just because that's. Yeah. That's how yeah. I want to listen. That's how I want to listen to them. I, in fact, my my record player basically exists to listen to the Beatles <laughs> and some other things. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's like, um, yeah, there, there's there's something about those LPs, those that album art, that that whole experience of, you know, I remember I, Sergeant Peppers, too, mm. for me was huge. And okay, I remember that's up there too. God, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I, know. I remember I, my mom ha- and I have it in my collection. Now the, the Sergeant Pepper's vinyl with all the, the things you can punch out, yeah, you know, all the little too. paper dolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being really fascinated by all that. And, um, but it was the wide album that was this journey because I'd heard scary stories about, you know, uh, Charlie Manson. And I heard, oh, sure. But it was also like Rocky Raccoon was kind of this goofy song, but also Helter Skelter was not a goofy. Not it was a goofy like song. It was all That's, over the place. Oh, Helter Skelter is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, one of the first songs I learned to play on the guitar, actually. And that they would actually take up actual wax time with, you know, Revolution Number no. Nine. Right. They, they intentionally like put that on there. Like hold they that used, line. Hold that line. Like walk that they, kick. They just left it like that they 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 made that a part of their product and yeah mm-hmm. i don't know it was kind of it was mind-blowing to me well i think a lot of that also probably came from and this is just i'm just my based on nothing opinion they needed yeah. to fill some time sure right because they weren't getting along too well 
and that's you know how are we going to fill out this double album yeah right hmm yeah but whatever i love but it. it was i mean i i would have to think too that it was this uh this thing of of um we are i i don't know and i sense this in the documentary is this i wonder what the the vibe was in recording those earlier albums and not let it be but this like energy to tr- to like push against what they were yep because I, I don't know you think about where they are by the time let it be happens versus when meet the beatles came out or whatever and it's like that's not a long time that's not a long time that's what seven six years that's the the amount of shit that they sort of played the soundtrack to yeah it's incredible is mind-blowing it's mind-blowing it's incredible and so the like the screaming insane girls chasing mm-hmm. their black cabs in london it, yeah. it's right it's not that pa- far in the out past. at shea stadium from just yeah. yeah it's not that far in the past from this documentary and you can know it's about of, five years you can feel that like uh I don't know pressure. I mean, I don't know. I, well, that's yeah. the thing I was trying to explain to whatever kid I was talking to about this whole thing. I was just like, well, why, why did they break up if they were so popular? I'm like, that's a, I mean, that, what a question, you know. And I don't have time right. to explain it or even right. begin to fathom that. It's like, can you? Right. They have no way of understanding going from being what basically a skiffle group to playing right. uh, in Germany playing chuck berry songs in germany coming back you know yep they were a pretty accomplished bar band yeah you know and wild like if you see and hear some of oh, those recordings were, from it's awesome they were they were wild great. Oh, they were and wild. Then they, yeah then they got picked up and they mm-hmm. clean they had to clean them up a little bit because they were yeah. they were leather jackets and yeah leather boots they were punks playing chuck berry music for england and germany apparently yeah but, but the, and, uh, and but, that so to go frame, from that yeah. to being, you know, the most popular boy band in the world, right. To being, I mean, not just popular boy band, but like this international sensation mm-hmm. to then moving through the psychedelia and then, yeah. you know, kind of capping that off with, with Sergeant Pepper and then mm-hmm. whatever yellow Sub magical mystery tour. And then, and then moving into the white album is like. Like, where do you go from there? Yeah, right. Like, how yeah. do you, and then, so I was trying to explain, like, how, uh, what those guys had been through. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? Well, and this, um, and, and I think the documentary really, there's a, there's some cool points about that, that like the sound that they're trying to get at is not. It doesn't seem, and maybe it's because there's cameras in the room, but it doesn't seem like they were trying to be as far out there. They were honestly, they were coming back to roots. Yeah, they were, they They were were doing what they were doing, basically what the dead did with American beauty. Totally. They were like back to earth. Like, let's just kind of get back to square one, get back. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they were like pulling out old tunes that John and Paul had recorded in their you know, yep. childhood homes. Like, I love how they're just goofing on some of those songs. Uh, the whole time, like, like you they'd can start playing these songs that were international, you know, hits and just goofing on them. Yeah. 
and being completely irreverent with it. Yep. Oh yeah. And yeah. and spending a boatload of studio time and these filmmakers' time just goofing off, screwing around. Yeah. And and you can tell like people are like, well, we can't. I mean, this is a colossal waste of time. We can't money. make them do it, can we? <laughs> We're not gonna. No, nope. we can't produce this. No. And 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 uh, well, uh, is it who is it? Ep- Epstein had. George Epstein had died, no. right? By this George Martin. George Martin. Epstein was the Stones. So they're kind of their guy that kind of rang them all in. Well, was I, gone. I, I really, really no, no, no. George Martin was there at the get back sessions. But who was who was their who was their manager that it was no longer there anymore? Oh, I don't know. I can't maybe it was Epstein. I don't know. Yeah. It's somebody who because Paul even talks about it like I associate. Was, Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. There was a guy. He's like, we did have our yeah. guy that kind of whipped us into shape. Yeah, and he, and he Paul kind of tried to be that guy. Nobody was having it. Nobody was having it. <laughs> anyway, it was just like they, everybody in the room realized that there was no. Um, well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the dead after Garcia died. <laughs> exactly. There was nobody that was going to tell them how to do this. Yeah, especially once. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was interesting too. the, um, uh, you know, they were trying to have this like sound like this, this like film stage film. They're going to yeah, make yeah. this cool movie. Yeah, yeah. But every, every camera up everybody's ass, like George They're, was like, I'm out. I'm out. Well, here's so and you, you know, this record a lot better than I do that all, th- all things must pass. Yeah. But that's, um, um, realizing because i listened to all things must pass that's the first thing i listened to after i got done with the get yeah. back thing yeah. and i realized like well no wonder he quit yeah george had all of these songs he was just exploding with musical ideas and he and, and they he couldn't brought- and he, he couldn't get a he got like one song on an album he's like you know what i don't need i don't need this shit anymore well, all things must pass, and isn't it a pity? Was a part of these recording sessions. Like yeah. he brought it to the group yeah. and was like, uh-huh. "Hey, check these out." And they're like, "Yeah." And there was one. There was when they finally moved back to the Apple Studios. Once they yeah. kind of got away from that, that film, you know, mm-hmm. with the with the colored background and tweaking them, yeah. yeah. And John was late or something, and or no, Paul was late, and he was just talking to John. He's like. I think I've got all these songs and I think that the Beatles would be better if we all kind of were allowed to do our own thing. Yeah. You know? And then when he said that, I was like, I thought of all things must pass. I mm-hmm. thought of imagine, I thought mm-hmm. of wings. I thought mm-hmm. of like, wow, these, all these guys like trying to make the Beatles, the Beatles was mm-hmm. the thing that was driving them all crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's was, interesting. You know, like why, why can't we just be what we are? Yeah. But wait, but oh, but wait, that's right. We're the Beatles. Yeah. Th- like there, there was this pressure to kind of keep being, are we still the beat? Should mm-hmm. we be the Beatles? Should we do mm-hmm. this? Well, not, you know, and I think the answer kind of collectively became no. Yeah. I think we're done here. Right. Right. I can, and I can, like, I liken that. I remember, um, and I don't fish, people don't flame me because I don't get the dates wrong, but one of the big festivals. You know, fish started doing those big annual festivals where it's just them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they came off a stage, and one of them was their first hiatus, I think. They came, you know, the last song, last, and they were all just like, they all were just crying because they knew they were done. 
Mm-hmm. And so they, they had the, whatever the guts to pull the plug. Yeah. Right. Until they had something to say as a group, you know? Yep. Yep. And I thought that took a lot of, rather than a certain other unnamed group that just kept slogging it out <laughs> because they had the gigs booked and didn't want yep. to deal with, you know, anything. And they had a whole <laughs> machine, you know, relying on them. Yep. Right. Yeah. But I think, you know, fish, they said, you know what? I, we've said what we had to say for now. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that, I mean, the Beatles kind of had that moment too, or moments, you know, yeah. right. Where they just became, I think, I think, this feels done. I, and, and, and there's you know, a, the, there's a dignity in that there. And I really, I really, and I don't know if there, there may be interviews that explains this, but like, you know, when they're at the Twickenham studio and George is like, I'm not coming back. And right. then John and the whole group goes to George's house. And the first time it doesn't go well, it does not go well. And then yeah. it goes well, but then it does go well. Yeah. And uh-huh. well, um, I, that was after John and Paul hashed it out. Right. Where I think they realize like, oh, we may have taken the wrong tack with this. Yep. Because right. I can see the first meeting being, what are you doing? You self-centered person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And George being like, yeah, you guys can leave now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then this, the John and Paul had this moment like, oh, maybe we've maligned George a little bit. Yep. Well, he even talked like George talks about it like that last album he's like that's the only one i really really tried to get in on you guys need to let me in and right. they're like okay cool and then they're like i've got all these other songs and george is like dude you guys don't give a fuck it's right. just about you know i just would love to hear that second conversation uh-huh. and what was said because i get the feeling from the documentary what was said was let's have a ball yeah let's yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's let's just let, can we just go ha- have some fun Let's just go fuck the studio, fuck yeah. that film. Let's go right. back to the London studio. Yeah. Let's let's get high. Let's just let's just rock and roll. Let's yeah. just work this out and then we'll be done. I think one of the guys I play with in Exile mentioned he's like, you know, when George came back, like he seemed a lot more helpful and like just not as sullen. And they seemed a little more gracious to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there was there was a, you know, they all I mean, but maybe they had a group hug. Who knows? I remember they're like, we were, we were, we were getting, um, we were feeling the weight of this mm. film oh, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. the beat, the quote, the bit, mm. the capital beat, you know, Beatles, yeah. you know, like we, we were feeling the weight of it. Let's let the pressure off. Let's go have a ball. Let's go play some old tunes and rock and roll yeah. and see what happens. Let's just play a show and try to, we're not going to over produce this. We're just going to play it live. And I feel like that. The other thing too, though, and I saw this story, somebody on social media said something about it. I don't remember where I saw it, but I thought it was an interesting point that like after that whole thing in the early studio, when like everybody kind of bailed, um, Ringo showed up and on time to work. Yeah. Nobody else was there. (laughs) Yeah. He just like Ringo's here. I gained a lot more respect for Ringo at that point. He's like, well, dude, I'm called at 8 a.m. I'm going to be on. I I got to go to work, you know? And he... Like I have a whole new, I've always liked Ringo, you know, and I, and I want to stop for a minute to address people that, oh, those guys, they couldn't, I've over the years, I've met a very small handful of people like they're terrible musicians. I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're an idiot. Um, There's a great video on YouTube of this drum um, wizard guy Mm -hmm. who's like, he's giving a drum clinic. I can't remember his name. 
Um, but he even re- he's a guy that's all over the place, you know, like makes Neil Pert look like he's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Ringo. Yeah. But uh, um, but he he's like, who's the highest paid drummer in the world? I was like, I don't know. He's like Ringo Starr from the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of you guys make fun of Ringo Starr. Mm-hmm. But he uh, and I wish the guy I can't remember the song that he plays, but he plays one of the I would say like off a of rubber soul or something. Sure. Oh, what's the song? Not a ballad, but not a rock song. Oh, man. Anyway, it's a simple song. Like Ringo's drum part is very simple. Mm-hmm. And he plays uh, Ringo's drum part along with the thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. kind of chuckles and laughs. And then he says, now, now listen to this. And they, he plays the same song again doing all the drum fancy things right and he says do you see how that didn't work oh yeah yeah see how that goes sounded? like editorial yeah he's yeah. like he he was playing what the song needed yeah and that's what made him the highest paid drummer in the world <laughs> and everybody's like oh i guess i never really looked at it like that <laughs> you know yeah because if you watch the video ringo can play oh totally can play he's a great drummer but and, that, and so anyway, for to all the people over the years that I've known, all five of you or whatever, no, they can't play. They're terrible musicians. Like you, you guys are wrong. <laughs> You're just wrong. That's why. That's why the deep dive on this footage is so awesome because it's. I mean, it's clear that like Paul and John are kind of the brainchild. George yep. gets in there because he's feeling more confident, mm-hmm. but the eighty percent of what's going on is John and Paul bringing in some tunes, fucking around for hours. And yeah. Ringo gets in there, just plays along no yeah. matter what they're doing. He's just like, all right, I'll give him some beats here. And it right. like, that's what makes it. And periodically Paul would say, actually, could you do this thing here? I want a little more. And Ringo's like, yeah, yeah okay. So he does the bop and it works. Yep. Yep. Totally. I, yeah. I and, and just personality wise, I re, like, I realized that. I mean, they're all, you know funny and cute or whatever but like Ringo's hilarious yeah <laughs> like he's yeah. just very funny yeah he is yeah uh I I um that was so I, um in probably 2017 whatever the last time Paul McCartney was in Omaha yep uh I took Holly and uh you know I think she was expecting like uh some people want to fill the world with silly loves or just soft, you know, kind of 70s soft rock kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And Paul comes out and opens with Hard Day's Night, full <laughs> electric band, just just slaying it, you know. Yeah. And yeah. she looks at me and she goes, this is like a rock concert. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I got the chance to see him in Lincoln, it was like oh, yeah. 2014. It was not long after the arena opened. Yeah. Yeah. I was so grateful to be gifted tickets no by my kidding. in-laws. Well, just are you kidding? If you would have told me in whatever 1994 and I moved back here that Paul McCartney would be playing Lincoln, Nebraska, I would have just yeah. laughed at you. Like yeah, right. that's not not a thing. So I was blown away. Yep. He uh, yeah. I, and I, I didn't go to that show and I kicked myself. I think it was because the tickets were expensive, you know. Yeah, they were nuts. And I was kicking myself. I should have spent the money. Like I'm just an idiot. I'd seen I saw Paul in 1989 mm-hmm. at RFK Stadium. Um, I did not appreciate it fully at the time. Yeah. Um, I was just too young. Right. Um, but whatever. So so when I we got the second chance to see him in Omaha, like uh, yes, I'm going to that hell of yeah. water, you know. Yeah. And it was right. totally, totally worth it. If I have 
if got you know if i if I, if I get to live that long and i have 10 percent of the easy charisma yeah <laughs> that paul mccartney exudes yep yep i'll be i mean they, yep. like he's definitely one of my I guess, personality role models. I fail yeah. at it every day. Sure. But just that, that easy smile and yeah. the easy quips and the, yep. the obvious, I heard a guy say once that, um, somebody I worked with or something that, um, like somehow he, he, he was with his mom and she got to meet, like maybe they got a, a VIP pass at a show or something, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that, so his mom who grew up, you know, came of age during the Beatlemania and all that got to meet Paul McCartney. Wow. Yeah. And there was, it was that moment. And my, this guy said, he said, Paul McCartney had a way of conveying that he knew what their quote relationship was at that time, which was mm -hmm. basically her first sexual feelings, you know, right. yeah. For, yeah. for him, you know, yeah. And, and, and he ex like very easily, very naturally, let this guy's mom know that he appreciated that oh wow you know what i'm saying and, and it <laughs> yeah, made totally. her it made her 69 eight year old whatever day in a yeah. way that you know yeah just to, sure. to you know that he just so very gracefully and very easily let her know that he appreciated all of that yeah he was a you good know? steward of that story for Exa her. exactly yeah. right he yeah. did not he did not he honored that in a way yeah. that made her feel like those feelings at that time were valid. Oh, wow. And without, it was kind of like very slyly palming someone's money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Nobody else right. knew, but you, right. you saw the transaction, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and so the guy I was talking to just walked away. I was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's fucking rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was very classy and very. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just, I just thought, well, of course he did that. Yeah. That's really neat. That's beautiful. That's mm -hmm. really, I mean, I, I was just, I watching that documentary too, man. I was, um, you know, just to watch it, it was John, I think, cause I always gravitate towards George. I love George's music. I, the Beatles, the, the, the Beatles, guy. dude, George's songs and the Beatles are always my favorite. Yeah, I, I, Paul's great. John's great, obviously, but I was struck by, in the latter part is they're getting close. They're putting the numbers together. They're, they're like decided they're going to play some sort of, mm -hmm. well, they were like this, this show's got to happen so that Ringo can go do this movie. We, the pressure is on. Right. And they're Clock's working ticking. through it. And John is like, almost like, I don't know. There's like this edge, this energy mm, to oh, his sort of, so. his goofing around. Mm hmm and he knows he's got to work through it and he gives zero fucks that mm -hmm. it's, it's quote unquote wasting time or that the mm -hmm. cameras are there. Mm -hmm. And he's just kind of like, I don't know, aggressively working through the shit that he's working through. Yep. And then, and then that rooftop show happens. Mm -hmm. And I've, you have, you and I text about like, we've seen that rooftop show footage yeah. and I was like, Oh, that's cute. They played a big, yeah. you know, they, they disrupted the neighborhood. How cool. But to know this, like, glacier of shit was going on mm -hmm. underneath and then mm -hmm. that was just like they're having a ball mm -hmm. up there it was so i was like moved to mm -hmm. tears by that oh yeah me too yeah yep 
I love the last take of get back where like the amp falls over or whatever. And they, like George's George loses his guitar amp mic, I think. And then oh, John, yeah. John's blowing the solos. He's yeah. not like me playing that solo. <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, well, no, what happens is uh, their road manager. So the cops are there. Yeah. yeah Mal. And, and their road manager goes up to kind I think to kind of assuage the police Yeah, and turns off the amp. Oh, you, is that what he does? He turns, he turns off, off the amp. amp. Yeah, just sort of like, I don't know, maybe throw a peace offering to the cops. Right. George turns around like a straight turns up member yeah, of the clash okay. and is like, fuck you, and like turns it back on. Okay, and Paul that. Paul notices it and he starts singing to the cops. And right. it's like, that's, that's super cool. Well, I, I I loved watching those two bobbies. Is that what they're <laughs> called? The young cops. Yeah. Yep. You know, because they're like, well, clearly we have to do something. Yeah, they're in the lobby. They're like, "What can we do? What can we do?" And they're like, and eventually the 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 reception is like, "I'll take you upstairs." I'm like, you try to arrest the Beatles right, right now. Good luck right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just it's just so funny to watch those those kids who are so very clearly outmatched yep. on every level. Yep, they're trying to do their job. They're trying their best to perform their job function against. It's like being in the middle of an ocean, and you know, in a rowboat with a bucket. (laughs) But they're trying. They're God bless them. They're trying so hard. And it's and it was to me. It was. I mean, it looks obvious that the Beatles had said, or their production crew, their office people had set up a plan of obfuscation. Right. You know, some layers. You know, the the secretary is like, oh, I don't know what's going on with that. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. I think they're upstairs, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're doing they're, this plan. They're, they're, they're doing recording. A thing. They are doing. They're, a they're thing. recording an album. I think they're I, upstairs. I think they're, they could play they... music. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just and so they have to go through these, and it's also very British and polite. Yes, very repressed, <laughs> very polite. Very, it's so even funny. the sergeant that comes over yeah, is yeah. like. Uh, I was wondering if you would allow me to go upstairs. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they may possibly have been cognizant of the building they were standing in. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go break up. You go break that party up, man. Yeah, have fun with that. Have fun with that. By the way, you're on film. Yeah. <laughs> another another thing that this is sort of a tangent, but there's always this, you know, kind of bullshit story about Yoko. And I, when watching this, I, I mean, as weird as her art and singing and all of that is, is that what that is? Well, the other thing, too, is like Kirsten and I were watching and she's like, Yoko's just sitting there as if she's a member of the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, yeah but at the same uh, time, she's just there because her and John are like inextricably linked forever and ever now. Yeah, like right. they're they're a symbiotic. She's, she's per- an appendage. She's an appendage at this point. But she doesn't. I, and I wonder, I mean, I, I she doesn't actually insert herself into anything. I Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. You know, she's there reading the paper, drinking yeah. tea, she's reading just a book. there because John wants her to be there. Exactly. Yeah. And there's this story that she somehow did all these things. And it's like, well, no. but, but a lot of that, all we have to take into consideration that some of that may not have been on film. That's true. Right. That's true. Paul well, only Paul only addresses her directly once in the movie that I can see. She mm-hmm. asks a question and he kind of gives a well that kind of remains to be seen, doesn't it, Yoko? Right. Know? Yeah. Right. And that's it. There's that's right. the only direct interaction with her and the band in that eight hours of footage. Yeah. So there's a lot we you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? 
but she is she is ever present like especially when they first start making the film like yeah, and Twickenham. she's just sitting in as if she's a member of the band you know yeah. and that's that's awkward enough but she doesn't really like she's not like saying mm, i like that mm, i don't like that mm, you should go back you oh, should Paul, use that could you make this change <laughs> yeah she's not i mean i feel like that would have met that would have yeah. that would have blown up the 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 Apple studio cart. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I don't know. I uh, there's that there was that onion headline about you know the Beatles doc let makes you feel like it what lets you experience what eight hours feels like, <laughs> and I and I kind of chuckled at that because it is a lot, you know, it's a lot. But I had like I was folding laundry watching the first one, and uh, and I kind of looked up. I'm like, did George just quit? <laughs> I had to rewind. I'm like, oh my god, George, like that. Yeah. I was kind of sad that you know bummed that I missed that that moment. Right. to go back and rewatch it yeah because i mean I, that like that like that's for anybody that cares at all on any level like that's in a monumental yeah he just quit the beatles he just literally like yeah, i think i'm done now with you guys and yeah. he just walks out and you know i mean that history no you you know that the that the album gets finished that things happen you're like how do they navigate this how do yeah. they get him back they don't have they have maybe two and a half songs at this point how right. the fuck do they do this well and, they, and i love that they just kind of kept practicing yeah like yeah. they went and had lunch and came back and kept practicing <laughs> they're like well ringo did that on the last record right george will come back he'll come back yeah. he'll yeah. come back that was all um, very spi- spinal tap-esque there for totally well, yeah. of course, that's I mean, Spinal Tap, the bringing in the whatever the guitar player's girlfriend, you know what that was about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say something else. What was I going to say? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, th- this it was. Oh, I, this is what I was going to say. I'm glad that I, I listened to Mark Marin's sort of mm-hmm. talk about this because he's yep. like he was like, it was difficult. It was sad. It was mm-hmm. funny. But he's like. It was, it was, I finally got to hang out with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it was, you got, if that's what it felt like for me. It's like I was like one of the roadies hanging out, watching yeah. them eat jam and, you know, toast and marmalade. And I'm glad I got to, I got to hear that first because mm-hmm. I think my like, what's going to happen? What's going to, like, yeah, yeah. I would, I tempered all of that because Marin sort of said, well, I just got to, I got to hang out with these people that I feel like I've known my whole life. Yep. And I just finally got to hang out with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, like, that's, man, that's the I, right attitude to watch this, you know? Definitely. Yep. And even if you're, you know, for the younger folks who may be listening to us, if you have no frame of reference for any of this, it's just yeah. a chance to hang out with some of the most people that were incredibly influential in the mm-hmm. latter part of the 19th or yeah, 19, 19, the 20th century. So I'm trying 20th, to say. Yeah. Yes. To say that they were influential would be an understatement and, and, or even just somebody that's interested in the creative process. Yeah. Uh, That's the, that's the most, uh, to be let in on their, at this specific part of their creative process, Mm -hmm. because they all had a wealth of songs that they weren't going to share with the Beatles. They were, they were teeming with creativity Mm -hmm. and, but to see them in this, space in this way in this process like it was really inspirational mm-hmm. regardless of what you yeah like you said regardless of what you think about the beatles like right it's a really interesting thing to watch well the, one of the things that just that i geeked out over was their equipment oh or yeah. more accurately the lack of it yep 
like they were yeah. playing stock instruments basically through mm-hmm. stock fender amps mm-hmm. through a, a very cheesy stock fender pa yep you know i mean yep. there was no the grateful dead had a thousand times more equipment more advanced than they yeah. did at that time you know yeah yeah and 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 so it was i i really thought that was interesting that they had there weren't there weren't racks of primitive effects there weren't there wasn't a wawa the only effect that i could discern was george harrison's leslie speaker on his guitar yeah yeah yep you know and so and they I were just, and they were I, they were like half prepared to record a bunch of shit on a frankenstein together two four tracks yeah, yeah right uh-huh, until yeah, george brought uh-huh. back his eight track thing that was you know apparently state of the art at the time yeah they were ready to just kind of lay it all down on this two, four tracks yep. jammed together. Well, know? I think that's, that's the thing that I think for, especially younger people who are kind of like, nah, I don't know about any, like the, on some of, on, on the, uh, you know, once they started expanding their like consciousness, whatever, mm-hmm. rubber mm-hmm. soul, mm-hmm. Uh, revolver, Sergeant pepper, some of that, like the extreme stereo stereo separation where like the entire drum kit's the only thing on the right channel and everything else yeah. is on the left channel. And there's, then there's like a tambourine on the right channel, you know, I mean like that, yeah, yeah. that can be very difficult. You kind of have to listen to it with a certain understanding of what they were doing this with. Right. Which is right. that the average shitty iPhone has way more recording <laughs> capability than their entire recording studio full of stuff did at the time. They were literally manually slicing tape the long yeah. way and then taping it back together to run it through to create some of those backwards effects. I mean, the what they did was revolutionary. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, at the time, I'm sure it was like, oh, my God, can you believe that? And today it was like, that sounds like shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> There's so many ways you could do that better. <laughs> well right i mean this yeah. like the they they i mean can you imagine what those if those guys were writing that creative peak with today's technology what they could have oh done God. right yeah and so um and just things like like some of the the vocal production where they sound like chipmunks mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff it's like that's that can be difficult to get past yeah right if you're right. used to listening to today's super compressed slickly you know just the production th- thing is a it can be a hurdle yeah right it's, you know so i think that that's that can be a challenge and mm-hmm. can and and can contribute to some of that well the beatles sucked like no yeah. the, the it's you're listening to historical like if you listen to contemporary recordings from that time mm-hmm. and see what everybody else was doing then see what they were doing mm-hmm. then it starts to kind of mm-hmm. uh, make a little bit more sense yeah right yeah and 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 i guess that's what i think is i mean you know they happen to have billions of hours of this footage but that's what's so compelling i think about this particular album is that you can you can see their desire to just play together as a live unit and they're they know they're going to add some stuff afterwards but when you listen to this album it's not it's not as like effect after effect weird, you know, very stripped down, very stripped down. And you can tell that that was, I mean, the point of this was that them to come together and play this shit live and record it. And that's the album, which is a huge, like a huge uh, editorial choice in there. You know what I mean? From where they were coming from. We've already done the other stuff. Right. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, so, but to really hear that, I've discovered you have to listen to the the re-release, the naked release. Yeah, two thousand three, because Phil Spector did doctor that up a little bit, mm-hmm. like the long and winding road with all the mm-hmm. strings and all that. Mm-hmm. Paul was so pissed about that. Oh, he was. Yeah, he hated that. That's oh. why. He, that's why he released "Let It Be Naked" because it's the way that it, he wanted it to sound. Oh no, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff that Phil Spector added on the original release, the strings and all the embellishments. Paul mm-hmm. was not. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how that song was intended. I, I didn't know that. And, and you, we were texting about it and you were said you were listening to that version. So I went back and listened to it and yeah. it's fucking perfect. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was so, Paul's point. Like, it doesn't need any of that other crap. And that wasn't the, that wasn't the point of the album. You know? So perfect. Uh-huh. The, thi- so, yeah. the thing to the thing too, that was like, like stopped, like Kirsten would kind of come in and out. Cause I was just like, had it on and they're like two really? and a half hour episodes. Yeah. But those moments where you see, like Paul jamming around on his bass, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it, you're like, "That is the Wait birth. Of, that's the birth of that song." Uh huh. Yeah, right there. That little just dinking around, being goofy. Like, oh, wait a minute. That's that's get back. That's get back. And I'm watching it, <laughs> uh-huh. and I'm watching Ringo and George sort of kind of like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's see where this goes. All right. Well, this is a thing." And it's like, that's the beginning of get back. Mm-hmm. For this moment that I'm witnessing, that song mm-hmm. did not exist. Right. Yeah. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. Just watching those things come together. Yeah. When the when the first somewhere in the middle of all that, when when get back is fully realized and they're getting close to the take that's on the album, my my the hairs on my back of my neck stood up like, oh my god, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or when they would, you'd be playing him, you're like, and you would know, like. That's, that's it. the one. That's the one. That's the take. And then it that's would it. show on the screen. Yes, this is the take that was you. You know, I love that. I love that too. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, I yeah. I've listened to that. That song is ingrained in my DNA. Mm-hmm. And there's the birth of it right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 um it's a beautiful piece of of art. It's a beautiful piece of history. And like. You know, hats off to Peter Jackson, sort of mm-hmm. sifting through. Because who's that guy? What's he done? What do I know? Uh, a little movie called Lord of the Rings there trilogy. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I read about it. I read the book. I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Looks way better. Right. That's it funny. is, but yeah, right. that that's yeah. Peter Jackson did all that. Only Peter Jackson was a deadhead. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was I'm so I I, I thought, you know, I kind of saw that I did I was fairly I guess indifferent about the documentary until I watched it. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, that'll be something maybe I'll get around to, you know. Yeah. And then I got as soon as it started rolling, I'm like, oh well, I'm gonna be finishing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, oh my god, there they are. I had like a similar reaction. Uh well, just watching Paul McCartney walk into the studio. Like the first yeah. time I was like, yeah. oh, I'll be watching all of this. Yeah. It's only eight hours. You know, I was a little I mean, that's I mean, I'm glad I had those those sort of um, tips on the front end mm-hmm. because, you know, the beginning sort of gives a nice historical yeah, yeah. background to those that may not know. And then once they kind of get to the meat and potatoes of the documentary, that's when I was t- I couldn't take my eyes off. Yeah, I'm like, that's yeah. oh, they I mean, of course, they edited this back. 
but yeah. they're letting this just completely Roll. be what it's supposed to be. And yeah. I'm like, I, this is all I've ever wanted right. was just to fucking, I didn't even know it. I didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that was part of my, if there was any trepidation was like, I hope this doesn't ruin it for me. Yeah. I hope this doesn't ruin the Beatles for me. And I think I don't, I like after everything that's been ruined for me in the last 10 years or so, uh, like I'm (laughs) Bill Cosby, I'm looking in your general direction. Yeah. Right. Um, Like, I really don't know that I could handle that one. Well, if, if the, I mean, that's the thing. It's like Peter Jackson is a big time director. And if he, if he wanted to insert himself into this thing, he totally could have, but it, that's what's so good about it. he's like i am just gonna i'm gonna use my talents to put this thing together and tell us kind of a specific story mm-hmm. but i'm gonna let this roll because this is not about me he's he was just the vessel yeah mm-hmm. and that was that was why i i couldn't take my eyes off of it because i'm like mm-hmm. oh he's just letting this all be what it is little you know it, useful information here and there about what's what but yeah just letting this kind of be the whole thing was yeah there's no way that could have been a two-hour movie oh fuck no right and and to think that like how many hours of footage did he actually have to sift through yeah, like, i have no idea tons it has to what be, i don't know yeah what is what, what i really got a kick out of was like um how about alan parsons trait changing tapes yeah <laughs> for those of you that don't know that the the husker tunnel walk song yeah Alan Parsons project. Was it Osiris? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. That was created serious. Serious. Yeah. yeah. was created by the guy who was in the control room, just literally changing tapes for the Beatles that he had one job. He had, he had, you had one job. <laughs> right. But I, I, I loved it when they'd say something like, well, we want to do, you know, we want to do these two, three numbers, just one right after the other. And then somebody say, well, we'll have to change tapes. We'll have to have, put another tape on to, to get that in. And they're like, yeah. well then change the tape, man. <laughs> let's go like we're maybe you didn't notice we're the beatles we yeah afford to change the tapes like just keep it just keep just keep it and, rolling and th- what we're not mentioning is billy preston and what oh, he oh dude. my gosh what a what a what a nice little um happenstance that he happened to come by to say hi yeah and i mm-hmm. i'm like i wonder how he's like i'm in town i'm doing the show george called him yeah like come on in man like we we want to stop by yeah we need you because john's gonna or and paul's gonna try to plunk this out and it's gonna become over produced if we try to switch well they were talking about needing a fifth player john was saying like we need a keyboard player we need somebody to come in and play this part and 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 when he showed up it was like oh he's 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 now the fifth beetle and i think yeah it was very obvious like oh let's have him join the band like for the last you know 90 minutes of the group yeah right and he got to just and he was like a fucking pig and shit like he was having the time of his life oh yeah he knew his role he knew his lane but he played his fucking fingers off man and it was like it was like they it gave them all this boost this lift Mm -hmm. you know to hear his little riffs on their Mm -hmm. tunes it was so cool yeah and those riffs are perfect he was perfect he was yeah yeah he was absolutely perfect and they, you know, it, I don't know. It was cool to just see, like, once they got out of their own way and yep. let that whole thing kind of happen and coalesce and on their own terms, 
Like, and they can kind of fuck off deadlines too, which was so right. fun to watch. I'm like, no, nah, we don't have to do that, you know. Right. But you, so you're saying if 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 you for the if you get out of the way, things go better. If you let it be, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But yeah. that I mean, yeah, they they you can see them in the beginning of that first episode when they're in Twickenham and they're like, we have to do the next big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and trying once, to. And once, once they that, let all, all that go, once they let all that like, go, actually, they were, we don't, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do any of that. We don't need to do anything. And let's just, you can, this could suck. And once they kind of started to kind of accept, like, we're just going to play the shit. We want to play how we want to play it. And this could really suck. This might be the, the end, but let's have a ball. Right. Uh, that helped me a great deal. And, and like that day I had a meeting with a designer of the show I was, and I was like, fuck it. Right. And I just kind of want to like follow your instincts. Just get out of your way. Enjoy right. it. Don't fucking Let it be what it's going to be. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let it be, man. <sighs> fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Exactly. Well, thank, thanks to the Beatles. Thank you, Peter Jackson, for letting us hang out with our yeah. heroes for a few right. hours. That's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. And that's one of those things I don't think about very often these days. Mm-hmm. But when I listen to the Beatles, mm-hmm. it's like, a, well, there they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've kind of gotten on a, a, a re, I've kind of re-upped my kick. I mean, ever mm-hmm. since this came out, I've been like, I want to go back and listen to some. I mean, I'm definitely listen to that album a lot, but I put on the Beatles channel on, on uh, satellite radio. Oh, and sure. it's just like, wow. Yeah. That, and that's the thing is let it be is my easily my least listened to album of the last 40 years. I may, I don't think I've ever owned it. I know some of the songs were on the radio. Right. And I checked it out once the catalog hit Spotify, you know, yeah. but I was right. like, all right, no, get back on there. That's cool. You know, mm-hmm. But so, and I, you know, I don't know how it was received critically when it was released initially. Yeah. It'd be interesting to read. Some yeah, I might reviews. go back and look at, see if I can find some reviews of that. Well, I, I used to hate, I, I had like a, a best of CD too. And I used to hate the long and winding road. I used to fucking oh, hate that. I was like, right. it's boring. It's stupid. This is sad. It's dumb. I hate it. Right. And now I'm listening and I read the lyrics. Yeah. Oh my. Not, it's not boring. It's not for the weak of heart, man. Is that is not. That's just woo. it. That is and I, heavy. Oh, it's very heavy. I, I my confession is I don't like I mean mine. <laughs> like, shut up. I don't need a lecture right now. And your little I don't I I just don't like it. Maybe someday I will. All through the day, I mean mine, man. Oh, I believe me, I relate. <laughs> I didn't come to rock and roll to get lectured, man. Yeah, leave leave the 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 Krishnas and the and the spiritual lessons. I love when uh somebody asked Ringo what he what he thought about the Krishnas, he's like, I don't like them. Yeah, yeah, he's like, <laughs> like I don't like them. I'm Not out, a fan. man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, and like when Paul's kind of making fun of their time, he's got all that footage from when they're in India, and he's kind of making a goof. And George's like, it, he gets a little person. He feels personally attacked yeah. by that. Like, uh-huh. hey, man, that was a really important time. It's like George, Paul's like, yeah, dude, I I know, man. Like, chill out, like. <laughs> Don't take it so fucking personal, dude. That's fun. well, that was, but that was before the he left. Yeah, that's true. So there was some tension there. There was some tension. Mm-hmm. Well, did we do it? I think we did it, we man. I'm glad we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
Yeah. I, doubt looking... anybody, I doubt anybody's listening to us right now, but you know whatever. who I hope is listening still? Jack, Jack. Van Clee. <laughs> He's Jack. not. Jack won't listen to this one. You better fucking listen to this, he Jack. Won't. <laughs> Beatles, I'm out. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Love you, Jack. Listen to your Jefferson Starship. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Although I did listen to some of that thing he sent the other day. It was pretty good. I'm a Yorma guy myself. So okay, okay. That's fine. I'll allow it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for, yeah. I'm glad we got the chance to sort of wrap that out, man. Cause yep. me too. It was, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. I'm looking forward to next week. I'm, I'm totally some cool guests, man. I know that's going to be really awesome. Yeah. Always chilling with the always chilling dudes. Well, have a wonderful week, man. I know you're in the process of making. Yeah. So next, shift. next Sunday, for those of you that are still listening, you're going to get groggy Steve. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm, you got a I'm show play, that I'm night. Play, yeah, I'm playing the night before, so I'm gonna get like four hours of sleep and then wake up and do a podcast. Oh, I <laughs> so can't wait. I can't wait. I know. I'll I'll be sure to have an extra cup of coffee. Jim never has an extra cup of coffee at home. <laughs> I I'll be I'll try to be nice and rested. Thank you. That'd yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, because you're gonna yeah. need to balance me out because I'm gonna be yeah, all over the right place. On. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. All I'm right, talking. man. Love you, dude. Love you too. Talk to you later. All right. Bye.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.